Uh, yes. Thank you, Afton. These uh, tissues are probably here for two reasons. One, I will uh, confess that if I sneeze, my allergies have suddenly taken an attack on me, so I apologize for that. Um, but two, if I look over this way a little too much, I might uh, tear up a little bit um, because I have the joy of having my mother here for Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day, Mom. And... <clears throat> And happy Mother's Day to Robin and every, all the other mothers out here. But we also get the joy today in our family of uh, having a double celebration because it's also Dominic's uh, birthday. So uh, happy birthday, Dominic. And I, and I say all that, and I'm going to have to ad-lib a little bit because I said during our, my preparation of the sermon this week, I said, kids, don't anticipate, but you're probably going to be in the sermon. So after the first sermon, they said, you didn't mention anybody but Carrie Ann. I said... You were mentioned, so the the gauntlet is thrown down, and uh, so every the names will be attached to uh, to things that are said now. So uh, um, so now that they've uh, now that they said it, now they're going to get it. <laughs> so so here we are, Mother's Day 2018. You know the famous Hallmark holiday. You know, like we're not supposed to love our mothers every other day of the year. Mother's Day is that day when a child gives back to her, his or her mom for all that spit that they produce to get all the grimy dirt off of uh, faces, uh, the old gum that they hold in their hands, and the no noses that they've wiped, and the diapers that they've changed. Uh, mothers are rewarded today for uh, driving kids to school when they miss the bus. Right, Dominic? Helping with school projects like dioramas that are due, say, tomorrow. That's happened before, right, Natalie? <laughs> Washing the sheets in the middle of the night. That could be any of them. <laughs> Putting up with belching competitions at the table, Joshua. Those with boys understand. Um, video games, Dominic and Joshua, yes. Need to say more. Teaching girls how to shoe shop. I don't need to go into detail there. And during all those football, baseball, basketball, soccer, cheerleading games in the pouring rain, the uh, blistering sun, the freezing cold, and the flaming heat, spread that across all of the kids. I can promise you we've been to there somewhere. And having the patience of a saint to get a family picture at Christmas. So we show our appreciation to moms for making children finish something to say they couldn't do, for not believing the kids when their moms are told, I hate you, or just leave me alone, for spending hours in hospital rooms before and after surgeries. I've been there with you, Dominic, several times. And for always having your lap open to hold them when their hearts are broken. Mothers are teachers, disciplinarians, cleaning ladies, gardeners. They are nurses, doctors, and uh, psychologists, counselors, chauffeurs, and coaches. They, developers, they are developers of personalities, molders of vocabularies, shapers of attitudes, and that soft voice saying, I love you. But most of all, they're a link. They're that first impression of God's love to a child. The list could go on for hours, 
for all the things that mothers are, but I know you want to get to the restaurants before everybody else, so we will move right along. So how many of you, let's say 40 and over, uh, which is me, remember the humorist Irma Bombeck? Not a, yeah. She's from uh, around where I grew up in Dayton, Ohio. So uh, there's an article of hers where she tells of God in the act of creating a mother. And in it, she goes, she says this, On the day God created mothers, he had already worked long hours when an angel had come to him and said, Lord, you're spending a lot of time on this one. The Lord turned and said, you have, have you read the specs on this model? She's supposed to be completely washable, but not plastic. She's to have 180 moving parts, all of them replaceable. She's to have a kiss that will heal everything from a broken leg to a broken heart. She's, she is to be able to function on black coffee and leftovers and is supposed to have six pairs of hands. Six pairs of hands, said the angel. That's impossible. He goes, the Lord says, it's not the six pairs of hands that bother me, it's the three pairs of eyes. She's supposed to have one pair that sees through closed doors, so whenever she says, what are you doing in there, she already knows what's going on in there. She has another pair in the back of her head to see all the things she's not supposed to see but must see. And then she has one pair right in front that can look at a child that just goofed and communicate love and understanding without saying a word. The angel said, that's too much. You can't put that much in one model. Why don't you rest for a while and resume your creating tomorrow? The Lord said, no, I can't. I'm close to creating someone very much like myself. I've already come up with a model who can heal herself when she's sick and who can feed a family of six with one pound of hamburger and can persuade a nine-year-old to take a shower. The angel looked at the model of motherhood a little more closely and said, she's too soft. Oh, but she is tough, said the Lord. You'd be surprised at how much this mother can do. Can she think, asked the angel. Not only can she think, said the Lord, but she can reason, compromise, and persuade. The angel reached over and touched her cheek. This one has a leak. I told you that you couldn't put that much in one model. And the Lord said, that's not a leak, that's a tear. The angel said, what's a tear for? Well, it's for joy, for sadness, for sorrow, for disappointment, for pride. To which the angel said, you're a genius. Irma Bombeck is right. Moms are a bit of a miracle. Miracle work of God. With all this in mind, we can better understand uh, Salome or Mrs. Zebedee, depending on how you want to put it, the mother of James and John. In today's passage, she is just referred to as the mother of Zebedee's sons. But with a little research in Mark's Gospel, uh, refers to Salome as one of the three specific women at the crucifixion of, of Jesus. So I ask with you to turn with me to Matthew 20. Verses 20 to 23, and stand if you're able for the reading of God's Word. The Gospel of Matthew says, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons, and kneeling down, asked a favor of him. What is it you want, he asked. 
She said, Grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. You do not know what you are asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I am going to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, You will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right hand or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my Father. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So knowing that her sons, James and John, were among the closest to Jesus, Salome would have been very aware of the teachings of Jesus and uh, the teachings about his, his kingdom. Her sons made up two-thirds of that inner circle, as, as it's referred, uh, being Peter, James, and, and John. So it seems certain that when the Lord formed his kingdom that he was preaching about, that they would have positions of responsibility and authority. But in her mind at that moment in time of, of this uh, reading, she would have been troubled by the story that Jesus had just finished telling, which was the parable of the landowner who went out to find workers at the beginning of the day and, uh, and had agreed to a uh, fair day's wage. Then he went back out later in the day and got more workers, sent them off to work. And then later in the day, found a third set of workers, sent them off to work. And then and as the evening came, uh, they went out and uh, finished their work, and they were paid all the same amount of money, the same wage, no matter when they started. So Salome was, was starting to wonder, will my sons really have that position of authority in the Lord's kingdom? So when the opportunity presented itself, she came out to the Lord, and, and Matthew, as we just read, says that she bowed before him to make this prayerful request. She bowed before our Lord to pray, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. So it's easy for us to, to really criticize Salome for her presumptuous, being bold, being brash. But since it's Mother's Day, I want to take a look and find the positive attributes of, of Salome. So our first positive attribute is that she prayed for her son's salvation so that they would be part of the kingdom. See, she came to the Lord kneeling with the prayer, praying a request that her sons might be part of the kingdom. And, and there's really no more important task for motherhood or even fatherhood, if you want to think of it that way, that, than to seek and to ensure that our children are part of the kingdom of God. I know that, that many mothers pray all the time. Sometimes they pray out of necessity. Sometimes they pray because motherhood is not easy. And it's extremely difficult. Um, over the past uh, 17 years or so, I've worked, been able to work from home most of the time. And I hear upstairs what goes into being a mother a lot of times. Um, but I've also traveled my fair share and uh, there are times when I've come home from, from traveling and maybe even gentlemen out there for use that, that uh, come home from work maybe, you just come home to that, that smell or that aroma of motherhood. And, you know, that can be, you know, everything from, 
dirty diapers, to dirty clothes, uh, to bodily fluids that uh, are expressed from a child at the speed normally required, requiring an air cannon to project that out, and at a volume that make the Exxon Valdez spill look like uh, just a glass of spilled milk. But, you know, so upon entering the door, it's not usually, hello, I love you, nice to see you. It's like, I didn't sign up for this. Here. Because, <laughs> see, I, I understand being a mom is not easy. Sometimes you're filled with joy, sometimes with sadness. Sometimes your children make you so proud you want to shout it from the mountaintops or post it on Facebook to get a thousand likes and five thousand shares. But there's other times that you can't find enough tissues to wipe away the tears. But see, even when being a mom is not easy, Salome gives us, moms and dads alike, a valuable example. She prayed earnestly that her sons would be part of His kingdom. And I hope that in the heart of every mother here and every father here this morning, that there's a burden to go to the throne of God and pray for your children. That they would be saved and be part of the kingdom. Pray for their salvation. That's where it begins. The second positive attribute is that she prayed that they would be actively involved in the discipleship work for the kingdom. See, it's not enough just to be saved, which is our faith. It's about getting involved in doing real work of the church. Our action. It's what we do with our faith. So where does that spirit of service begin? Well, it begins at home with mothers and fathers alike setting an example by being involved in the discipleship work of the kingdom. It begins with prayers of parents that, children, that our children would be the next teachers and leaders of many generations to come. It begins with us as moms and dads being with our children to go out into the world and find the least, the lost, and the broken to grow the kingdom of God. See, we are here... We here at Parkway are blessed to have a great youth group that's led by a very energetic leader. Thank you, Will, for all that you do. And many other volunteers that, uh, that we can't even count um, to, uh, to grow these youth. Um, and that's where some of my story comes in. See... We, one of our daughters, Carrie Ann, who's not here, she's uh, off living in, in South Carolina now. Uh, she's very much an introvert, unlike her sister, who can, uh, Natalie, who can make friends with anybody. She's never met a stranger, and I think she could talk to a door and, uh, for a while. Um, and, uh, but she gets that honestly. I won't say from where. Um, <laughs> but uh, Carrie Ann is one of our children that required a great amount of prayer, a significant amount of prayer. Because being an introvert, she was none too interested in getting started with the youth group here at Parkway when we showed up. And that was long before Will showed up. Yet, through many words, tears, and the perseverance of prayer by Robin, and myself, 
we were able to get her involved and it was a catalyst to many future events in her life. See, Salome prayed that her children would be actively involved in the work of shepherding disciples. And we need to walk in her footsteps too. And lastly, the last positive attribute is that she dreamed big for her children. See, Salome had big expectations. She instilled in them the confidence that they could do anything and be anything that they wanted to be. So when Jesus asked, can you drink the cup I'm going to drink, they didn't waver in their answer. They boldly proclaimed, we can. We may consider Salome brash or presumptuous, but I admire her boldness because too often children are told that mediocrity is, is okay. And as controversial as this may sound, I believe that we live in a society where too many young adults, youth, and children are raised with the entitlement syndrome. Because see, Salome knows that asking for her sons to be at the right and left hand of Jesus carries a tremendous amount of duty and responsibility. And with their answer of we can, they, pro- they proudly proclaim that they are committed to the work of the Lord. See, people have settled for mediocrity in the church. Some, some of us, for too long, have been content to barely make it in the door. But now it's time for us to take up our positions and say, yes, Lord, I'm willing to drink of the cup. I'm willing to serve with You. You called me, and I will do it. And it's time for us to instill that in our children empower them so that they can do all that Christ has called them to do. Back to Emma Irma Bombeck's story I'm close, where she says, I'm close to creating something very much like myself. I suppose that's why we're, today is so special because we recognize that a mother's love is through prayer. And it's probably the closest example we have to God's love. It's a love that goes to the valley of the shadow of the death and sacrifices itself over and over and over again. So to all those with mothers here on earth, I want you to remember this quote from the movie Nanny McPhee. It says, When you need me and don't want me, I will be here. When you want me, and don't need me, I won't be here. Hold your mom's hand. Talk to her. Listen to her. Spend time with her while you have that opportunity. Mothers, this is your day and may God bless you in it. So for all the moms, those that are waiting to be moms, those that are moms to someone who doesn't have a mom, and sometimes Mr. Moms for those that are single dads. We ask and we pray for, your, for the blessings of God to be poured out upon you today. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to You now. Thank You for the words that You have given to us.
Thank You for mothers that love us, that teach us, that help us to grow. Lord, we ask that as we go forth this day, that we would take that time to give thanks, to show love. Lord, we just thank You for mothers. Amen. So, if you would, stand with me for the benediction. I promised you'd be out of here early. So if you get out of here, you can beat everybody else to the, to the restaurants and get the good seats. So, 